Topics of Life. There are the four big topics in life, sex, health, suffering, and money. In those four big topics, God speaks a lot about godly principles in the Bible. If I start to understand those principles, my life goes in a new dimension with God. Die Tage und Wochen nach Livios Tod und seiner Beerdigung waren eine so schlimme Zeit. Im Jahr 2007 waren wir eine sehr glückliche Familie mit drei gesunden Kindern. Ich war schwanger mit dem vierten Kind. Mein Mann hatte ein Geschäft, das lief sehr gut. Alles in allem waren wir sehr glücklich. Bis im Dezember. In diesem Dezember 2007 hat mich meine Frau angerufen und mir erzählt, dass unser fünfjähriger Sohn Livia von einem Lieferwagen auf dem Trottoir überfahren wurde. Das war im ersten Moment ein Schock, aber ich konnte mir noch nicht vorstellen, was das wirklich bedeutet. Als ich kurz danach auf die Unfallstelle kam, ist mein Leben zusammengebrochen. Das ist der Albtraum, was sich Eltern vorstellen, ihr, ihr eigenes Kind auf der Straße liegen zu sehen, welches sich nicht mehr rührt. Von einem Moment auf den anderen musst du dich mit Sachen beschäftigen, die vorhin noch nie in deinem Leben aufgetreten sind. Die Tage und Wochen nach Livios Tod und seiner Beerdigung waren so eine so schlimme Zeit. Ich wachte jeden Morgen auf, jeden Morgen und dachte zuerst, oh, mein Sohn ist gestorben und es war wie ein Schlag ins Gesicht. Und ich hatte überhaupt nichts mehr. Es, ich hatte keinen Boden mehr unter den Füßen. Ich konnte auch überhaupt nicht mehr beten. Ich konnte einfach gar nichts mehr. Ich, ich habe Gott gesagt, Gott, du musst jetzt für mich schauen. Ich, ich funktioniere nur noch gerade für das, was der Alltag von mir verlangt. Trotzdem haben wir in dieser Zeit immer wieder erfahren, wie gerade auch der Glaube uns geholfen hat. Und das war ein ganz wichtiges Erlebnis, welches wir gemacht haben, zu erfahren, richtig trauern und zulassen, was der Schmerz wirklich bedeutet, das kannst du nur, wenn du von Gott gehalten und gestützt wirst. Was wir möchten, ist einfach nur Mut machen, an Gott festzuhalten, auch in schwierigen Zeiten, weil man spürt, dass er einem trägt, und die Kraft gibt, auch schwere Zeiten zu überwinden oder besser auch zu integrieren in das Leben. Hi, Church. I want to talk about uh, suffering. That's a very, very heavy topic. Every week I got emails and every Monday morning my wife and me be doing a TV show from 10 o'clock to 11.30 where people can just phone. And I will say 80% of the phone calls are people, they believe in God, they're following Jesus, they're reading the Bible. They ask this question, Pastor Leo, why those things happen to me? And it's the same thing when like you are uh, on a summit, you can fall down on two extremes. One extreme, what people will say in theology, they will say, God, God wants to eliminate suffering, but he can't. That means God is not almighty. You can fall on this side 
They say, God can eliminate suffering, but he doesn't want. That means God is not good. It's those two extremes. But what happens if somebody happens to your life and you're standing in the middle of a fog? Let's see some quotes from the TV or the news about bad things happen to the world. And then I want to start with the message, what God is saying about this topic. Yes, I want to I preach about suffering because even in our church we have some people that are going through really hard times and of course as a pastor I like the nice topics, I like the funny topics, I like the faith topics. But sometimes you have to be realistically and also look in the mirror and say there are things happening in our church and people asking for profound answers. And I want to do a little bit of Bible study this, this afternoon explain you a little bit why bad things happen to even to good people. Even the question why God or the question why does God things happen in this question is already a clear picture which we have about God. In the why question, we have a picture that God is good, God is great, and God is awesome. And because God is good, God is great, and God is awesome, comes the question, why does God things happen to my life? Why God is not intervening in our lives? Even in the question, there's always a clear picture about God which we have in our life. People are asking me, how, how, how does God think about suffering? And to ask this, answer this question is very simple. Look at the life of Jesus. Because in John chapter 14, verse 7 and 9, this is a very important Bible verse about Jesus. Jesus said, if you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know, you do, you do know him and have seen him. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Jesus is saying, if you study me, you understand how God is. Jesus is saying, study me, look at me, and when you see how I act and react, then you know exactly how God, the Father in heaven, is. I want to speak about three points, and I want to ask you right in the beginning, please lean in to the end of the message, because uh, I, I cannot explain everything in the five minutes. We want to go through three amazing questions. The point number one is, God doesn't cause suffering. He is moved by suffering. This is a very important title because suffering never comes from God. Never from God. You see, in not one Bible verse for Jesus saying, suffering comes from the hand of God, suffering comes from God Almighty, or suffering comes out of life of Jesus. In Mark chapter 1, verse 40 and 41, and here is an amazing um, one word we will find in this Bible verse which I want to underline. 
A man with leprosy came and kneeled in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. If you're willing, you can heal me and make me clean, he said. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said. Be healed. Here is one word. I want to underline this word, compassion. The word compassion, sometimes if a person goes through a rough season, you have compassion. In other words, oh, uh, I feel a little bit sorry for you. But here the word compassion in the Greek original text means, it's a very, very complicated, complex name. Uh, I'll write it down. If you have something to write, please write it down. Splanizo. Is splanchnizome. Splanchnizome. This word splanchnizome means literally, this is the deepest expression of I am so moved that my inner part of my heart, my leper, my lung, it's out on the table. My inner, it's out on the table. And Jesus is saying, when I hear about this story, I am so shocked that my heart, my leper, my lung, it's on the table. And Jesus said, this is the deepest expression about compassion. So compassion that I'm speechless. And you can say, if God knows everything, why Jesus is speechless? Because suffering brings God and Jesus on a point where he says, I can't stand it any longer. Another Bible verse where this same word with the same roots comes again is in Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. That means the heart, the lung, everything was on the table again. Because they were harassed and helpless like a sheep without a shepherd. Or in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3, comes the same word, compassion, splanchnisome. Praise to be the God, the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. Here the word compassion three times just literally means my heart, my lung, everything is on the table. With other words, Jesus is saying when he sees a person suffering, he's speechless. His heart is long. Everything is on the table. Sometimes we say, where is God when I'm going to a rough season? My answer is always, where is God not? God is with you. God feels, his touch is moved by your, by your own struggles in your personal life. God is not only seeing on your surface. God sees behind the back seas. God is behind in your life. If you're at home, you are single. You're suffering because you're still a single. God sees. Splanzizo man. The heart, everything is on the table. If you're going to a rough season in terms of finances, or a rough season in your family, or at your job, or your faith with God, Splanchnizo may compassion means suffering doesn't come from God, but Jesus is shocked. That's the first point. When you speak about suffering, whatever happens on this planet Earth, God is shocked. God is compassionate. God is Splanchnizo may heart, lung, everything is on the table. Uh, I, I thought to bring you a picture about 
heart and everything's on the table, but it's not cool. I'm a very visual guy. But just, just write it down, if people are asking why things happen, God, Jesus has compassion about everything you're going through your personal life. The second point is, God doesn't cause suffering. He battles against suffering. Jesus is battling against suffering. In the Old Testament, there is a prophetic word when Jesus is coming, what he will do. And Jesus repeats the same thing from the Old Testament in Luke chapter 4, verse 18 to 19. And this, by the way, is very important for the message. This shows us about the heartbeat, the job, the, the calling of Jesus on this planet earth. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sights for the blind. To set the oppressed free, proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He sent to set oppressed free. When you study this Bible verse, this gives us a glimpse of the calling of Jesus. And I could speak about what this Bible verse means. But sometimes the Christians, uh, we read in the Bible text something what is not in the Bible text. Here this Bible text is not saying that God or Jesus allows suffering to happen. That's one of the most quoted things. People say in Christianity, you know, I don't know why this thing happened, but God allowed it. In other words, you, you know this move of a soccer player? Especially in Italy. They broke the, 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 the leg. Oh, I'm so sorry. I have done nothing. And a lot of Christians, bad things happen. It's like God. Oh, it's not my problem. I have done nothing. A lot of Christians, they believed God could intervene, but he does nothing. Or other people say, this was the will of God. I don't know why. Makes no sense at all. But something, God is God and I'm not. And, and, and it is the will of God. This Bible verse says the opposite. This Bible verse says, suffering will not come out of the hand of Jesus. This Bible verse is clear saying, Jesus came on this planet earth to fight against every single Evil suffering will take place on this planet earth. This is the basic, the attitude of Christ. Don't ever take suffering out of the hand of God because suffering will never come from the hands of God. When Jesus was surrounded with people that suffered, when somebody suffers in our life, we always seek for, for explanation, right? We need an explanation why these things happen. But when Jesus was around people, they suffered. Jesus never said anything why those things happen. He has compassion. The heart and the inner were on the table. I want to show you on the screen um, some sentences which I hear all the time, even from Christians or sometimes when I read a book about suffering. And let's read this carefully and then I want to continue the message.
This I hear often, it has to go through God's hands. And never in the Bible you find any, any statement from Jesus, Jesus saying, you know, something's happened, it's good for you. Jesus never saying, never saying, God could intervene, but he's, do, he's done nothing. Or some people say, everything what happened has go over the task of God, and then he gives a signature below. Have you ever heard that? Everything what happens has go over the task of God, and he gives a signature below. A lot of people, they found in this statement hope, peace, and comfort. And I don't want to say, I don't want to crash or destroy your hope and your, your peace. Uh, but I struggle with this idea. I struggle with the idea everything has to go over the desk of God. And then God says, yes, signature below, yes, do it. Of course, if people believe that, this has also three benefits. Let's go through the benefits because everything has a benefits. First, if you believe everything goes over the desk of God, he gives a signature below, gives you three good benefits. First, security. Security. Security means if my boy died in a car accident, gives security, it must be have a meaning because it's go over the desk of God, he gave the signature below, somehow gives me a security, not just everything happens by, by accident. The second thing is sense. It makes sense. Of course, if a boy dies in a car accident, makes no sense, right? But it makes sense because I say, I know God has a plan, and because God has a plan, makes sense, even it makes no sense for me, but it gives me security. Hmm? Smart, huh? The third thing is unburdened. Unburdened. You can write it down. Nobody's writing. Yeah, write it down. This is deep. Oh, yeah, she's the only one. She cannot write for all of you. Come on, it's like in a school. You write for us. Unburdened means if I do a mistake, it's not upon me. Because I'm not so important because the world goes on even without me. These three reasons helps people, gives people comfort for those people that say, I believe nothing happened except God says yes it has to go through the desk of God. He gives a signature below and God gives the agreement. This is the benefit. But let's go a little bit deeper. If you are a skateboarder or a snowboarder, if you're a Christian snowboarder, on your snowboard is a Christian fish. You make a 720 tilt grab, nine flipping nose, fall down on your head. You cannot work for the next six months and you say, oh, oh. I suffer now because of snowboarding, but I know it has to go over the desk of God, and God's signature below is approved by God. The snowboard case, I would say, yes, I understand what you mean. If you are lazy, just for an example, you're not studying, you have a big test, you fail in the test, you have to repeat for another year, you suffer because study again, you see your pastor Leo, it has overgo over the desk of God, he gave a signature below and approval of God. This I could say, yes, I'm agree. But what if, 
And let, please uh, listen carefully. But what if in Yugoslavia, a young 19 years old Christian, she is raped from 100 soldiers, raped to death. You say to me, Leo, it has gone over the desk of God. God gave a signature, approved. I struggle with this concept. What's about Somalia in Africa? They found a village empty. They killed everybody in the village. And they killed those people brutal. Christian village. You say to me, Pastor Leo, this story has passed the task, the task of God. God make a such signature below, approved. I cannot live with this explanation. What's about the, the child porn ring? There's a lot of porn with children. Can you imagine your own boy is six years old, or have a sex with another guy? Those young children, they are smashed for the rest of their life. And we sing, oh, Pastor Leo, it has go over the desk of God. Nothing happened. It has go over the desk of God. God gave the signature, approved. I could not live with that. I want to say to you right now, if you believe everything goes over the desk of God, certain story, yes, but there are too many stories. I could not live with this concept. I don't want to destroy those people that got faith in that concept, but I could not live with that. And I want to explain you right now why suffering comes and is still on planet Earth. This is point number three, because now you're waiting. Give us the answer after 20 minutes. <laughs> it's like a movie. God doesn't cause suffering. He limited suffering. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 to and 28, and here is... The reason why suffering came on planet earth. So God created make mankind in his own image. In the image of God he created them. Male and female he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Here is the calling. The earth belongs to Adam and Eve. Take the earth. Rule it over fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. That means animal, nature, earth, man and life, and God. It's harmony. When you're reading this Bible text, we know God created you and me in the image of God. But here is something else behind the scene. When God created Adam and Eve in the same image... God said, I want to start a relationship with you. And when and if you start a relationship with somebody, you know there is a chance that the person comes to a point where he's saying, I don't like you anymore. You are too flipping boring. And the drifting and splitting. When God gave you and me the chance to say yes or no to God, it was a really risky thing. Because, now you have to understand, when you're reading the Bible, in the beginning of the Bible, the first page, God is saying, in the Garden Eden, there was trees of life. Rivers are springing away. Harmony with animals, harmony with God, harmony with human beings. 
He was everything perfect. And God is saying to Adam and Eve, if you decide to drift, to follow somebody else, this Garden Eden will be no more. And here comes the point. To get married, and I'm married almost 25 years now. To get married, it's very risky. Do you know that? You say, in good times and the best times, I love you. It's also say, in bad times as well. When you are married, you know that you say yes to each other. But a covenant means there are two people. What would happen if my wife is saying, Leo, I don't love you anymore. I could not force my wife to love me. God cannot force you and me to love him. This is a free choice, a free will. God made this decision for the free will. If my wife is saying, I don't love you anymore, she will drifting, I will send text message. One million roses, flowers. I sent Björn, I sent everybody to her saying, you crazy, you stupid. He's awesome, he's sexy, he's a pastor, he's anointed, he has nice clothes, he is, come, come back to him. I will do everything in my, in my positions to win her back, right? But I cannot force my wife to love me. And that's the point. That's why when God created you and me, this was risky because God says, I cannot and I will not force you to love me. It's a free decision. When Adam and Eve made the decision not following God, they take the wrong fruit. They were kicked out of Garden Eden. Let's read in Genesis chapter 6, verse 6. This is an unreal Bible verse right in the beginning. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth. And his heart was deeply troubled. He regretted. And God has done everything to win those people back. And when you're reading the end of the Bible in the book of Revelation, the same story is repeated again. It's written, there's a tree of life, rivers is flowing away, harmony with man, harmony with animal, harmony with God, everything is fine. And here is the Bible saying, the same picture, what is here, was also in the garden Eden. Before this tree and after this tree in the book of Revelation, certain things will not be Again, and between, this book is not so big because God is a writer. No. You know why this book is so big? Why human beings are so stupid. I don't speak about you. Only about this sector, this sector, and this sector. <laughs> I speak about us. This book is a love letter. God said, I cannot force you to love me. God sent prophets. They start to laugh about the prophets. God sent again another prophet. They killed the prophet. God sent another prophet. They sent him to the desert. God sent Jesus on the cross. He died on the cross. And God now sent you and me to be the messenger. The Bible is so thick because it's a love letter. God is begging. God is seeking you and me to come back to the heart of God. And God is saying, I cannot force you to love me because love is a free decision. Now read it in the, in the first Bible verse I said to you, God says, earth belongs to you and you over the fish. When God kicked Adam and Eve out of the Garden Eden, I'm going to show you something. What happened then? 
all of a sudden, that came, oops, silly, oops, silly. That was here on planet Earth. The devil lives here. Food chain, disease, and also these things here, natural disasters. All these things didn't exist when God created Adam and Eve. Before this tree was no death, no sickness, nothing. And the Bible says, in the end of the book, Revelation, there's no death, no devil, no food chain, no diseases, nothing at all. No suffering. That means we are living between two trees. We're living in a season which God never planned to create. And this explains us why suffering took place on planet Earth. Suffering comes never from the hand of God. Suffering, God will never allow, say, oh, I'm so sorry. I could intervene, but I, I'm not in a good mood. God gave us the free will, free decision. And free decision means we brought to the fall of sin, we brought sin, sickness, death, all the things on Earth. And that's why bad things happen. Even sometimes to good people, bad things happen. And that's why when Jesus is seeing that even a Christian has a car accident, he has compassion, he says, I can't stand it that the kingdom of the devil, the kingdom of this world, it's too strong. That's why Jesus is crying. He knows before these trees, all these things were not here. And Jesus knows that in heaven means after these trees, those fields will not exist anymore. That's why Jesus has so much compassion. Suffering comes never from God. Suffering goes never over the desk of God. God made a decision to give us the free will. And free will means we created all those things. And God is looking down from heaven. And that's why Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 to 10. This then now you should pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. You will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus saying, when you pray, seek God, ask God that the kingdom of God should come down on planet earth. This is not just a nice, nice dream. Heaven on earth will be cool. Please, it's a begging, asking, please pray with me, Jesus said, that the kingdom of heaven should come down on earth. Jesus saying, the kingdom of heaven, it's stronger than darkness. And the job, of the, the job of the church, of the local church of ISIF Zurich International, a small group, if you're Christian, our churches, bring heaven down. We bring light into families, light into our circumstance. We bring the glory of God into the darkness. That's the job of the local church. A lukewarm Christian is saying, yes, I am the light, but I keep the light for myself. 
but the on fire Christian brings heaven down on earth. That's why we pray. We praying as a church for, for people that are sick. We pray that God brings down heaven on earth. We pray that God is, is protecting your family. We pray that God is leading, guiding your family. We ask together, God, bring your kingdom down. And I want to read, close this message. In Revelation chapter 21, verse 4, the Bible is saying, and this is an amazing Bible verse. Because there comes a day, He will whip every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order, the old order, the old order came to this planet earth through Adam and Eve. The old order of those things has passed away. Jesus saying there comes a moment where all those things that came because of a free choice to love God or not loving God comes a moment, the old order God takes away and those things happens only for a certain time how will I come from this tree to this tree because a tree is out of wood and Jesus, our friend and Lord and Savior, he died on a tree. He died on wood. I come from this tree to this tree, and that's the position of the cross. And he is the one, when I'm going to hard times, he has compassion for me. If you say, Where is God? He's with you. He has compassion. Your heart, your inner is on the table. He's speechless. Please never ever tell me that suffering comes from the hand of God or God gives a permission or God allows those things to happen. It's a sign of the sin and it's a kingdom of the devil. And our job as a local church, as a Christian is we bring heaven on planet earth. We bring healing on planet earth. We bring restoration on planet earth. We bring solutions on planet earth. This is the job of the local church. If so many people ask me, what is the job of the local church? We bring the kingdom down. We bring the kingdom down with worship, with praise, with prayer. Let's give Give God a big, big hand for that. Come on, church. We bring kingdom down. I want to I pray with you guys. Could you just close our eyes for a moment, bow our heads. And Father God, I just want to thank you so much that you're a good God, you're a fantastic God, you're an awesome God. I want to ask you right now, please protect my life. Protect me in my decisions. Protect me in my thinking. Protect me in my walking. You see, all those things happen, maybe in my family. Maybe bad things happen to you. Maybe you have you are angry with God because the question why God means already I'm angry with God and today it's maybe a time where you say God I'm so sorry that I blamed you for my suffer it's not from you 
I want to ask you right now, God, Father God, bring the kingdom of heaven down on earth. I'm asking you right now for those that are sick, heal them right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And I ask you right now for those that are broken, heal them, restore them in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. For all those that lost the vision, the dreams, and their hopes, heal them in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I want to be quiet for a moment. I know right now there's some people in the room, you have never given your life to Jesus Christ, or you look warm. And right now the Holy Spirit is asking you a bold question. Do you want to become a Christian? You only one prayer away to be born again. Then please say wherever you're sitting, say, Dear Jesus, here's my life. Forgive me all my sins. I receive your forgiveness. Come in my life. I accepting you. And from this very moment on, my life belongs to you. Then please pray this prayer right now. I believe right now there's a lot of people. You, you know some people or you have gone through some suffering moments in your life. Just cool you for a moment. Share your heart with Christ. Share your heart with Christ. Look, church, there's about 10 people which I know that left the last year the church. They left even the faith in Jesus because bad things happened to them. And they believed that God could intervene. They believe God has done nothing, but He could and He can. And they said, God is not good for me anymore. And there's a lot of people right now, you have maybe the same question. Why this happened to me? I don't know the why. And there is no righteousness on planet earth. The word righteousness belongs to heaven. As long as we live on planet earth, as long as we walk on planet earth, there's no such, such things as righteousness. Righteousness will be declared in heaven. That's what the Bible is saying. In righteousness, every human being will be judged with a righteous God. But on this planet earth, there is no righteousness. There's only trust, hope, leaning in, in my best friend Jesus, who is the ticket for heaven. I want to ask you right now, could you just share your heart right now with Jesus? And then we want to praise and worship Jesus as a church. He had compassion for me. The deepest compassion. Speechless compassion. Jesus. Rip away, rip away all the tears right now. All the mornings. Oh my God.